everyone. Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I am your host, Zach Guggenheim, and we are here for the week nine recap. Heck of a, a, a slate this past weekend. Obviously, Michigan State beating Michigan by four, 37 to 33. Ohio State having a much tougher game against Penn State, but still winning 33 to 24. Wisconsin blowing out Iowa. It was a 20 point win at Camp Randall. It was a it was a good week for me in terms of picks seven and two on the on the day. Really, the only two I got wrong were the Wisconsin Iowa game and the Michigan Michigan State game. I'm gonna just talk a little bit about power rankings and and the national top ten rankings here. Before we get into that, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review. We'd love to just get any feedback you have. We're going to get into the, the top 10 power rankings, and then I'm just going to give you a little programming note here. So for just for what to expect on Thursday, this is going to be on the shorter end in terms of, of what we're going to do, because we're just going to talk about those two things and the programming note. Let me just go right into the power rankings, because a lot of my thoughts on the Big Ten are just going to come out into that. I have a new number one team, and it should not surprise anyone. It's Michigan State. Thought Michigan State played their butts off. You know, Peyton Thorne had two interceptions in that game, but both of them were pretty excusable. One, he got greedy on, and it was essentially a punt. They were moving the ball. The, the other one was a deflected pass that got picked off. Other than that, he made good decisions with the ball. He used his legs a little bit. His receivers, Red and Naylor, played really well. But you you can't talk about the Spartans without talking about Kenneth Walker. 197 yards, five touchdowns, I think cemented himself right now as the Heisman favorite. And people can say, well, but what about Bryce Young? Or what about C.J. Stroud? Or what about Jordan Davis in Georgia? Jordan Davis is not going to win the Heisman. And I know people are saying, well, Jordan Davis is the best guy and he should win it. It's a quarterback award. And quite honestly, I don't think enough people watch Georgia. Like Georgia's dominant, yes. But I don't know if people watch Georgia as much as some of these other teams, which is sad, by the way, because Georgia is redonkulous, okay? Defensively, they're absurd. And Jordan Davis, he should get an invite to New York. But Kenneth Walker, man, is the real deal. And I think is, you know, he is ascending still as as a playmaker for them. You know, I thought maybe teams would figure him out. He has been sensational against what I thought was a a pretty good defense in Michigan. So I I really, really like Michigan State. And because of that win and the grit that they showed in that victory, I've got to put him number one over my number two team, which is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State did not dominate the, th- the way I thought they would. Part of that is, and I'll talk about Penn State in a minute. I think Penn State played a lot better than they did the week before. That game, Ohio State-Penn State, I got to watch it on Sunday. I didn't really watch a ton of it on, on Saturday. But I, I watched it on Sunday, and the, the thought that kept coming to my mind, aside from Penn State's progress, was Ohio State could have won this game 49 to 20. 
but the amount of mistakes they made, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, was it was staggering. I mean, I think they had seven pre-snap penalties. They CJ Stroud missed a wide open Chris Olave on a fourth down play. You know, Trevion Trevion Henderson missed or uh, he false started right on the one yard line. Right there, that's that's ten points off the or eleven points off the board. So already forty four to twenty four. You know, if they stop settling for field goals and get touchdowns on one or two other drives, you're talking about forty uh, high forties, maybe early fit low fifties in that game. But they just really shot themselves in the foot. Uh, there there was some pretty bad officiating in that game too just some blatant holds missed. So I, I thought Ohio state, they, I thought they played their D game or C minus game and they still came out with a nine point victory. I think that's actually good for them in the long run. They needed a gritty win. I, I think they got punched in the mouth and they fought back. So good on them. I thought Stroud Stroud played really well in that game. Uh, a lot of people wanted him to run more and I'm like, guys, he's, he's making good plays with his arm. So Really, I, I thought they, were, they played poised despite all the mistakes. They're, the, they're my number two team. Number three is Michigan. Uh, I was actually very impressed by Cade McNamara. And uh, his, his new receiver, there's a freshman, I'm blanking on, I think it's Antrell Anderson is the receiver. He, he had not made a catch all season. And I think he had like five catches or six catches for like 130 yards, had a couple of big touchdowns. Uh, one was obviously the 93 yarder in the beginning of a game. And then, you know, he made a ball and play going up over a defender. And so um, he's a, if, if he emerges that, that Michigan offense is going to be a bit more dynamic than I thought they were. They still have Sanders still, they, uh, Eric all at tight end is he's a dude. So they've, they've got guys, Aiden Hutchinson played really well, honestly. And I don't fault Harbaugh too much for this. He's going to get a lot of flack and he probably deserves some of it. I get the rotating between McNamara and JJ McCarthy. McCarthy is healthy or he's not just healthy, but he he's a, a good runner. You know, he's got a lot more potential than McNamara, but I think that cost him the game. I, you know, I think Michigan wins that game if they just keep McNamara in the entire time. He he played really well, aside from the one pick at the end of the game. So, number three team is Michigan. Number four is Penn State. They have three losses, and they lost to Illinois. I get it. I made this point on Twitter, and I believe this very firmly. If Penn State has just an adequate backup quarterback, they're seven and one. If James Franklin didn't look ahead to Ohio state. They're six and two. The Illinois game was a combination of uh, the fact that Will Levis is no longer at Penn state. And the fact that Franklin just did not focus on Illinois. Like you could tell in the way that they were prepared for Ohio state, they gave Ohio state a game and they, they made a lot of things hard for Ohio state. And the reason why is because you could just tell they didn't put any prep work into Illinois, which goes back to last week when I was saying it's probably time for Franklin to go because you can't do that in the big 10. You can't, you can't lose to Illinois. 
but I think Penn state talent wise is in the top four of the conference. And quite honestly, I would not be surprised if Penn state beats either Michigan or Michigan state. Cause I think they have, aside from Ohio state, the two best receivers in the con- or in the conference in Parker, Washington and Jahan Dotson, that defense is still nasty without, even without PJ Mustafer, what they did to the, the offensive line of Ohio state was, it was, it was real. And that secondary played lights out against three first round receivers and a really good tight end. So I, I think Penn state is, is certainly in the top four, but right now I can't put them higher than four because of their record. Number five, I got Wisconsin. Wisconsin is starting to round into form. That defense is legit. Graham Mertz has become a caretaker quarterback. He's a game manager, which is not what we expected, but he is playing better. He's playing efficient and he's, he's playing well enough to let his defense and running game win games. So Wisconsin in the driver's seat in the West, the other team in the West that's in the driver's seat, Minnesota, they're my number six team. You know, Minnesota won 41 to 14 over Northwestern, which, you know, it's Northwestern. They're not great, but they did what they were supposed to do, which is more than I can say for what they did against Bowling Green. That win or that loss continues to haunt them. They'd be a top 20 team right now if they hadn't lost to Bowling Green, but they're six and two. And if they continue to win, they're going to be in the big 10 championship game. So kudos to PJ Fleck. I mean, they've beaten Purdue, Iowa, Nebraska. I mean, they, they are in a, a good way right now in the conference. They still have Iowa. They still have Wisconsin. But I, I think they're in a, in a good position to at least compete for the West by the end of the year. And that's, that's all you want if you're Minnesota. So good by the Golden Gophers. I've got them six. Purdue, I have seven. Uh, big win against Nebraska. There's a lot I could say about Nebraska that I'm not going to get into yet, but you know, they're playing well. They have two really big games in East crossovers with Michigan state and Ohio state coming up. I'm going to say this. I I don't know if I'm going to pick it. I think Purdue could beat Michigan state this week. I'm not saying I'm picking it necessarily. I think Purdue is good enough to give Michigan State uh, some some issues, especially with Karloftis. Their defense is actually pretty good. And again, I don't think Michigan State's defense, I'm not sure how good they are against the pass, right? Like Cade McNamara lit them up for nearly 400 yards receiving or passing. David Bell might have a field day. So I, I'm not picking that game yet, but Purdue, Purdue's good, and they're good enough to give, give Michigan State and Ohio State Harper in the next couple of weeks. So they're at 7-8. I have Iowa. I'm out on Iowa. They have no offense. Spencer Petras, I thought, would take the next step, but he has been just not good. And, and Tyler Goodson – He's a decent back, but people were talking about him like he's he might be the best running back in the, in the conference or second best in the conference. Look, their offense is bad, and they they got lucky and they they won games. They won big games against Penn State, against Iowa State. 
they won those games because they got turnovers. They're not getting the turnovers anymore. And if you, if Iowa can't turn you over, they will struggle to beat you. And so I think this is going to be a rough second half for them uh, the rest of the way. They're six and two. You know, I'm not sure they get past Minnesota. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm curious to see how they do against, uh, against Nebraska at the end of the year. So I, I think a couple more losses might be coming their way. So got Iowa at eight, Maryland nine. Uh, you know, they won this past week, which is, I think, a big deal for them. You know, any win is, is, is good for them. They're five and three, one win away from bowl eligibility. So I, I think that's something that, that gets them ahead of the other five teams in the, in the conference, which quite honestly, if you try to rank 10 through 14, it, it's good luck. So 10, I have Nebraska. I, I kind of want to put them lower, but their talent keeps me from doing that. But oy, I mean, they're, mm. they, they just continue to just stupefy me. 18 games in the past three years, either three years or four years that Scott Frost has lost in the fourth quarter. 18. How do you lose that many games being that close in the fourth quarter? I, I don't understand how he's not fired yesterday. Uh, they play Ohio State this week. Believe it or not, I think that's going to be a tough game for Ohio State. Because the talent is there. That's, that's the, the frustrating thing is I would not be surprised if they give Ohio State a game. But they gave Oklahoma a game. They gave... Uh, Michigan a game. They gave Michigan State a game. The problem is you're, Scott Frost is not paid to make games of it. He is paid to win, and he can't win. So unless if he beats Ohio State, he ain't saving his job. Sorry. Nebraska's 10. Northwestern's 11. They got blown out again, but I've got to look at what they've also accomplished. And they beat my number 12 team. So they're at 11. Rutgers is 12. You know, good, good win for them. Getting Illinois after Illinois with the big upset win. Illinois is 13. I think we're seeing that Illinois beat Penn, Illinois beat Penn State solely because Penn State was looking ahead to Ohio State. They're 13. I don't know if they're going to win another game. And then 14, and I hate to do this to, to them, but Indiana right now is... I mean, you want to talk about teams without offense. Don, Donovan McCauley is not ready to lead a football team. Jack Tuttle is barely ready to lead a football team offensively. Donovan McCauley, ugh. and that defense is, it's tired, it's weary. They've got to get, they got to get Tuttle or Penix back. And I don't know if Penix is coming back for the season, Indiana is in rough shape, which is sad because I thought they had a lot of promise going into this year and they've got pieces, but they're, they're in, they're in rough shape. You know, that loss to Maryland is rough. So those are my power rankings. Uh, I'm going to go to the, the top 10 and I'm going to, I think a number two team is separated at least in terms of resume. And I want to talk about them a little bit because I think they deserve to be talked about. Number one, first off, you guys know who number one is. And if you don't, you're blind. It's Georgia. You know, Alabama beat uh, Florida 
31 to 29. All right. Georgia beat them 34 to seven. I think they've scored 21 points in the last two minutes of the first half. Georgia's scary good. I mean, their defense is so good that Stetson Bennett can be their quarterback and they win by 27 against a Florida Gator team. They're good. All right. Georgia won easy. Number two, the Spartans. Listen, I don't know where they're going to end up. And I don't think, I think if it was Michigan State versus Alabama in five weeks, I think it'd be a blowout. I think, I, I think Ohio State could blow Michigan State out. Could. It's always tough with in-state or in-conference rivals. I think if Georgia played Michigan State, it would, it would be a rough game. But Michigan State has a very similar resume to Alabama, except they have zero losses and they beat Michigan. And we just need to talk. Mel Tucker is not the Big Ten coach of the year. He is the national coach of the year. What Mel Tucker has done is nothing short of a miracle. This is, this is a team that not just I picked to go winless in the Big Ten. A lot of people picked to go winless in the Big Ten. Like winless would be 0-9. Listen, Michigan State could lose the rest of the games on their schedule. Mel Tucker is still the national coach of the year. This team had no talent. Uh, it was left in just in dire straits by Mark Tantonio, who is a great coach, uh, great, did great things for that program. But Mel Tucker, what he's done in the transfer portal with recruiting, getting them to believe in themselves is nothing short of a miracle. All right. Like they were getting beat by Rutgers last year and Rutgers been doing the same thing. And I have a lot of respect for Shiano. Rutgers is nowhere near the rebuild job that Michigan state has done. And part of that is Michigan state has more cachet than Rutgers, but I, I get that, but Michigan state, they have a better resume than any of the other undefeateds other than Georgia. And they have an offense. That's, that's actually kind of scary. Now they, they're inconsistent. You know, they struggled against Indiana. They struggled against Nebraska, but they've got weapons on the outside. Kenneth Walker is a stud. And this is going to be a tough out for anybody. So I, again, they're inconsistent. So I could see them losing to Purdue. I could see them rolling up into Columbus undefeated as well. And that will be a heck of a game. So I, I like Michigan state a lot. They're my number two team in the country right now. Number three, I have Oklahoma. They're undefeated. They, they haven't done much, but I still would, I still think they're, I, I think Caleb Williams is, is good. I think their defense is decent. Uh, I think they are on upset alert against Baylor this week. Number four is Oregon. You know, they're, they, uh, I think they beat Colorado by 23 this past week. So, you know, good on them. You know, Colorado stinks, but they did what they're supposed to do. Got Ohio State at five. I think Ohio State, again, if you watch that game back, they they could have won that game a lot more easily than the score indicated. So I I still think Ohio State has some hurdles ahead, and I'm not 
I don't think they're any lock by any stretch to get to the playoff at this point. I, you know, they've got to get Michigan state. They got to play Michigan and probably Wisconsin in the big 10 championship game. And Wisconsin's defense is no joke. So we've got Ohio state five really, really solid win against Penn state. I've got Bama six. I, I'm going to take a minute to call out, not that he's going to listen to the show, but Colin Coward said, there's no reason why you shouldn't have Alabama at two because they would beat everybody on the field. Really? You mean the same Bama team that lost to a Texas A&M team that, you know, just weeks earlier, you know, only put up 10 points against Colorado. The Alabama team that had a tough time putting away Tennessee, the Alabama team that nearly blew a lead to Florida that Alabama team, look, no offense, Alabama has the most talented roster or the second most talented roster. Just look at the talent deposit. You know, Ohio State has the third most talented roster, okay? I don't care how much talent you have if you don't play up to it. Bama has struggled against weaker, uh, weaker competition. You know who hasn't? Ohio State. It's ever since Tulsa. You know who else, you know, has actually done more than Alabama? Michigan State. Right? Like, what has Alabama done? They, they beat Ole Miss? Yay? Like, I think Ole Miss is good. Yay. But other than that, what have they done? Blew, blew out overrated Miami. Michigan State did that. And then squeaked by a four and four Florida team that's throwing picks left and right and getting beat by LSU and and Kentucky. Who cares? Bama might be the number two team in the country by the end of the year, but right now they've done nothing to prove that they're the number two team in the country. Sorry. Bama six, uh, seven. I have Michigan, uh, Michigan, I thought played pretty well. I thought Cade McNamara actually acquitted himself nicely. No shame in losing to that Michigan state team for Michigan. Um, although I know Michigan fans are not going to like that. And I'm sure Jim Harbaugh, his, his seat is warming up a little bit. Number eight, Cincinnati. Look, they have a weak schedule. The Indiana win looks worse every, you know, every day. And, and yes, they played Notre Dame. They beat Notre Dame, but that's it. I can't put them higher than eight. Sorry. I've, I've Cincinnati eight. I've wake forest nine. They played nobody, but they're undefeated. They're an undefeated power five team. I'm not sure that wake forest would get in the playoff if they go undefeated and win the ACC. I don't know if they should. And, but I, I give credit to the, the undefeated record. And then number 10, I have Notre Dame, uh, which I feel like is more, more due to the fact that I don't know who else to put there. I was really tempted to put Texas A&M there, but I have Notre Dame there. I, I, I still don't have a lot of, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of mush after eight. I feel like you kind of put anybody there, but that those, that's my top 10. Uh, I'm excited for, kind of the, the end let me just give you a preview for on thursday we'll do the the picks as normal what we're going to start doing every thursday is 
we are going to look at the playoff rankings that come out on Tuesday nights. We're going to look at them on Thursday and we're going to evaluate them and kind of break it down a little bit to see kind of how the committee is thinking, give some insight into that. I'm excited to do that. I think the committee has an impossible job every year. I think the committee has an impossible job trying to rank two through six. I think two through six is, is going to be pretty hard. Um, and they'll come up with some bogus reasoning why they ranked the way that they did because they're put in that position and that it's in the off season, we're going to address the playoff situation. Uh, I'm probably going to have a good friend of mine uh, join the, join the pod. Um, some of you might know Don Castelline. He's a play-by-play analyst for WGRC for high school, uh, high school football game of the week here in the central Pennsylvania area, hoping to get him on here and we'll, we'll do some, just some conversation on the playoff and, and what it would be to make it better. My, my big issue is that it's so subjective and, you know, the fact that everybody has their own list of who does what and how they rank and everything. And we're going to, we're going to get the playoff figured out because of 13 people in a room. That just feels weird. So that's what we're going to do on Thursday. We're going to break down the playoff rankings. This has been the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Thanks for listening. Again, remember to like and to follow wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review. And we will catch you next time, Thursday morning, for Week 10 Picks. This has been Zach Guggenheim. So long and God bless.